Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. So today I'm with uh, Ben Blackburn. Ben, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Duncan. Good. Long time no speak. It's... um... I'll take the I'll take the blame for this. I haven't. Uh, oh, is it got to be two or three years since we had a conversation? I would say it's probably yeah. I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd probably I'd be selling that as opposed to buying it. <laughs> so Ben, how have you ended up where you are today? Tell us how you got into the game and uh, kind of your career. Okay, so I mean, I, I fundamentally, like most of us, started as a as a junior playing at driving ranges, uh, receiving coaching from PJ Golf Pros, and. Uh, Ultimately, it's one of those things whereby your enthusiasm for the game just grows and grows, and 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 a part of that journey is 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 fundamentally developing your own game, and and as as PJ golf coaches as we are, developing others really. Yeah. Um, so where did you start? Where where were you a junior? So I, I played junior golf at a a, a nine hole golf course in Sussex, uh, Horham Park Golf Club, uh, quite a nice little nine holer, and um, was fortunate enough to also um, be a, a junior member at a uh, East Sussex National Golf Club as well, so that was that was quite a quite a fortunate scenario in terms of the facilities and the the quality of golf course, really. Fantastic. And then, went, so did you play any county golf or national golf or? What I, played, was your... I played a bit of county. I actually I wasn't massively into the the whole um, county setup and the national events. Really, I think a combination of being being based down in Sussex, obviously you're quite a long way away from a lot of the stuff and. And ultimately, golf was never really my main sport until till much later, later into my teens. Really. I was really into my football, and uh, and that ate up a lot of my time, really. Okay, and there were, did any other members of your family play, or what was the? No, well, not really. I I I started playing because I had a I had a knee injury that I couldn't play football, and uh, for for a, for a reasonable length of time. And as as with with most of the kids in in my school, they all played in the football team. So there was one lad who played played golf so the reality is I could sit at home and do nothing or go and play golf with him really and and here we are a few years later and what age was that roughly about 14 probably 14 or 15 I started taking it really serious and then uh it's sort of just football a combination of not being able to play and then the passion of golf getting greater and greater and uh before you knew it I left left school at 16 to go to to Morris Wood College to to start my my golfing career really And then you did, so you did Merrickwood for, uh, was it a year? And then we did a place. I think so. The honest answer is I can't remember a huge amount of it other than, other other than lots of bits (laughs) that probably can't be repeated across this conversation. But uh, uh, ultimately it was, it was a great time (laughs) and you're surrounded by lots of people who are, who are, who are now really good friends in the industry today. So it's, it was a, it was a, it was quite a new venture at the time. So we were, we were one of the first guys through the program and, uh, it's evolved a lot since since we did it, and uh, it's 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 just a great place to meet like money people to to start a golf career really. So was, I think it was two years. I think it probably. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so then you went and did. I was your, at the Drift Golf PGA Club uh, in where? in Surrey, actually Junction Ten. So uh, that was quite an exciting time. Yeah. When I joined it, it was it was owned by the same people that owned the likes of Pinehurst and and those venues, Club Corp of America. So. It was quite, yeah. It was quite. It was. It was quite a different wow. environment to, to that of what it ended up being as a, as a, as a, as a family-owned business towards the back end. But yeah, it was an exciting time and a, a great venue to 
to really learn your trade, really. I was at the dress so you for did how many years were you at the seven drift? years, eight years? So I, I did I did a reasonably reasonably long stint there, and the, then then as with all these things, you're after a new challenge and a and a different adventure, really. Yeah, it and did. Took King's to Hill, and that King's was Hill, that was, was a that was a journey and a half. So that was that was twelve years at, at King's Hill. So that was that was that was great, and that was as with all all golf coaches and all golf players really you want to be in the best environment and it's it, it was fantastic to have the what was actually ultimately ahead of its time for for a long period in terms of the the state the art studios and the the facilities there and it was it was a it was a really exciting little little place to be really i always enjoyed coming down and that you had was it like a little academy or a five-hole par three at the back of the absolutely um, the studio? I'm trying to remember what I'm trying to remember what was there, but it was. I mean, it was a fantastic. It did. It still does. It yeah, absolutely. So well. it's, it's 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 one of those places really whereby it if if you could have created somewhere from scratch, you'd have you'd have ticked all those boxes. You had um, two thousand houses around it. Um, so all the all the young family. It was it was a really cool place. With, as you say, the five-hole course for. Um, two state-of-the-art coaching bays for custom fitting, um, a, a, a Quintech putting yeah. lab. So it was, it was a, it was, it was a, it was, it was quite a place. And I have to, I have to be honest, I, I, I talk to people now, such as yourself, and they speak so fondly of the, the, of the facilities there. And it was, it was quite a proud moment to actually take the club on that journey, really. Yeah, I can always. I have a few lasting memories. One was being in the in that um, in the rooms where you had the two studios, which, like you said, were well ahead of its time. It's fantastic. We went down and did like uh, you you spoke at a couple of like technology yes. in your teaching yes, um, yes. seminars. And uh, and the other the other memory is never being able to find the club. So I got <laughs> lost by GPS. Absolutely, it was all part of the marketing out. plan. If you get people, it's, like, it's a bit like IKEA but for golf clubs. If you, if you can't get out, you can't leave. So therefore, you're staying. Yeah, that was it. I can just remember phoning you up saying, "Ben, I'm at the back of the golf course, and you've just got." You to uh, it was. It was. It was. If I'd have, if I'd a pound for every time I said said the directions, I'd be a very rich man. But uh, it, yeah, it was a really really cool. But, but Kings Hill Kings Hill came to an end last year, and and I say this year has been a really really fascinating yeah. one from the point of view. I'm I'm not out of golf. That's a I don't think any of us will ever be out of golf, but I'm I'm certainly away from the front line now with regards yeah. to some consultancy to the golf industry. Um, that's different golf clubs, academies, professionals, um, different bodies involved in golf. Um, and the, the 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 main the main one of, of the bodies is the the blind golf, which is just has just been such a such a wonderful experience, really. So how did how did that evolve? Was that by was that by a it meeting was, or was it by an advert? How did how did you get to the point where you're at Kings Hill and you've had a conversation or you've received an email or you've gone and had a meeting? You thought I want to do this. What 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 um, made you change tact? Or I, I think, know, I think a lot of it's it's one of those things. Point. It's like all these things. There comes a point whereby I think we're lucky in the golf industry whereby we don't ever do a job that we don't like. Um, but I think we always get to a point whereby mm. we want a fresh challenge or or something to, to stretch us that little bit further. And that doesn't matter if you're a tour player wanting to get from number 20 in the world to top 10 in the world. You're, you're pushing yourself and stretching yourself. And, and we as golf coaches and golf professionals are no different, really. And it was really a case of I'd, I'd, I'd got Kings Hill to, to, in terms of my activity there. 
to the point whereby the golf the golf club was 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 doing great um and there comes a point whereby what's the next challenge what's the next adventure and uh, i actually saw um i had some correspondence from one of the the, the blind golfers actually on linkedin um just just asking what what the act what okay. uh, if we knew anyone that could la- look after their promotion and uh, pr and and i had a conversation with them and it's it's it was one of those things whereby their enthusiasm for their own game was so contagious that actually I got invigorated by their by their energy, um, and it, it sort of snowballed yes, from yeah. there. Really, I, when I left Kingsill, I had a, I had a, a couple of really good contacts that wanted some support by way of consultancy on their on their golf club. So I knew I had some 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 sure sure work, as it were. Um, which is which is really exciting. Yeah. It's, it's not that different to what I was doing, just in a in a removed fashion from the front line of the business, as it were. Um, but the the blind the the, the blind mm-hmm. activity and the engagement I've had with the with the, the England and Wales Blind Golf Association is is it's one of those things. I use the word humbling quite a lot because it's as we all know, it's a hard enough game when you've got two hands, two legs, and and full eyesight. Let alone whether you've got a a, a visual impairment, whether you've got a um, a, a, a limb missing, as as so many of the 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 vets and the disability players have, and it's it's one of those things whereby I I actually went away and blindfolded shots, and and realised quite quickly that yeah um, I'm not as good as I thought I was, and I do need full use of my eyesight to be able to do it, and um, and it's 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 one of those things yeah. whereby we've the the journey we've been on, we've got a, we've got a charity day coming. It's it's just the energy. Where's, when's that and where's that? It's at Old Thorns, Old Thorns Golf Club in Hampshire, and I was, I was there this week doing some some preparation. And, and you talk about developing facilities. I mean, the job they've done there is just exceptional. It's it's. Oh, it? I hadn't yeah. been there for. I hadn't realised I hadn't been there for about fifteen years. The last time I had been there, they had the uh, the Takanyaki restaurant. So uh, that, mm-hmm. that it was it was that long ago, and it's it's <laughs> it's phenomenal as a place. So that's 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 our next event is the. Uh, is the the charity day on the eighteenth of October, and we'll we'll raise some good money to to make sure that we can continue to provide playing opportunities for visually impaired people across the country. Yeah, I mean, I was I was very fortunate that when I was uh, teaching at Blue Mountain in Bracknell, which is no longer there now, the um, I got in contact. I can't remember how I got in contact, or they got in contact with me, but I did a few sessions for the Berkshire Blind Society. Yes. And I can still remember on the first at the first event, it's similar, I think, to what you said was that, you know, they gave me the they gave me the glasses to put over my eyesight, you know, basically removed my eyesight to a to a lesser or greater degree, dependent on what condition the, the player had. Yes. Um, so I could I could literally try and hit a few shots uh, in their shoes, as it were. And it was I mean, it was hard. And like you said, you know, it just shows us how reliant we are on, you know, on our on our eyesight to 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 kind of play golf. And it was, it, you know, you used the word humbling, and I, I can remember just, you know, during one of the sessions in in getting someone who had played golf to a really good level, like ten or fifteen years previously, but unfortunately, due to the due to their condition, was hadn't played for over ten years. And to get them to have the feeling of hitting the golf ball out the middle of the golf club again was, I mean, it was just brings back 
great memories. I've got goosebumps sitting here talking to you about it now. But it was, it was just such a good experience to watch these people gain so much enjoyment out of, you know, making contact with a golf ball once again or making contact with a golf ball for the first time ever, um, which they didn't think would be possible because they had a visual impairment. Absolutely. Um, you, must, you must get a lot of really good feelings when you're out there and uh, it must be a very rewarding position you've got. It, 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 it really is. It, and it's, it's one of those things whereby it's, it's, it's twofold. You've, got the, you've then got the, you've got the social experience that, that you get from, from doing it. Cause it's, and again, the more, the more I speak and engage with, with, with any of the members of the association, and there's, a, there's just over 40, 40 uh, golfers registered. So it's quite a, quite a good group. And it's, you, you get the different stories of, of, of what golf actually gives them and it is it's a it's a social experience it's the ability to be competitive it's the fact that actually you can go and compete on a, a reasonably level playing field because of the handicap system with um fully sighted players so um quite a lot of our fixtures are matches against other golf clubs so we might challenge your golf club to a a four-man match and actually have a competitive game because of the handicap system yeah um, and it is, I mean, I always it's... remember, I, remember, I think there was a story about Arnold Palmer, who a guy challenged him to a game of golf. And uh, Arnold turned around and said, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to play. And he said, I want to play for 10000 or $100,000. Someone hopefully will give us the feedback to the, the, real, the real story. But it was like he challenged him to a, a game for like $100,000. And Arnold Palmer turned around and said, no. And he turned around and said, but there's one stipulation that I get to choose the venue and uh, and when we play. So Arnold Palmer kind of just shrugged it off and went, yeah, go on then, whenever. He said, I want to play you at midnight. <laughs> yes. And yeah. that basically stopped everyone. And it was like, uh-oh. Because he was, you know, he was a blind golfer who played off either scratch or one, I think the story went. And that kind of got his attention. <laughs> yes, no, it is. And it is. It's. It's a bit like the tin cup with the how far can you hit the seven iron when it goes down the road. It's a, it's a, That's it's it. a variant on that, and it is. It's and it's 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 a, it's 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 amazing in terms of just the quality of of the golf that's played. Um, our captain this year is a member at Royal Ashdown Golf Club, and he plays off. I think it's eight or nine, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's just incredible to watch, really. Um, so, so what challenges do you have? either putting days on or getting matches or um, getting people into the into the game who have either played it before, so getting them to come back to the game um, or, or trying it out for the first time, Ben. What, uh, what sort of challenges do you have in your role? I think the, the, the biggest challenge that we as Places Association is the fact that the reality is you can't just go and play on your own. So every golfer that's visually impaired needs a guide. So all of a sudden you've added a logistical issue in in terms of physically getting the player to the venue from the point of view of they can't drive themselves, obviously. Um, so it's not only just the, the support required at the tournament, it's also getting all the guys to the events. And that's a, that's a huge challenge in terms of the, the, the guide network. Um, we're actually doing a lot of work with British, um, British blind sport at the moment in terms of creating a, a wider awareness. And it's, 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 it's the coaching opportunities. I, 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 I'm, 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 pretty clued up as a PJ golf pro with what goes on and I didn't realize how many golf pros are out there that have had um, training in coaching disability golf for example where's it's over 100 yeah. over 150 PJ golf pros that are, are trained to be able to do it which I wasn't aware of so 
the opportunities are all out there. I think the biggest challenge is actually just bringing it all together and creating creating a program whereby it's an it, there's an easy route to to get to a playing opportunity. So you said you, is it, you've got forty people registered currently. Yes, and that's that, and that's the biggest thing is is they are active golfers playing competitive golf over eighteen holes. So the biggest thing is, and this is no different to whether you're trying to grow the game with ladies golf, juniors golf, or or whatever it is, is it's about trying to find something. Golf's a difficult game anyway. Um, it's a it's a game that has a lot of time. So actually, what we're looking at is can we put on. Um, some coffee mornings with a bucket of balls and a PGA Golf Pro to help learn to play. Um, so participation hasn't got to be an 18-hole game of golf with with a medal scorecard. It, there's there's other ways in which we can actually get the participant participation and the engagement up, which is mm-hmm. golf simulators, for example. All of a sudden, you look at trying to trying to escort someone who is visually impaired around a golf course with lakes and and other other challenges along the way. Well, actually, if we can actually get some activity at some indoor studios with simulators, it's also that feedback of, of where, the, where the ball's gone. If you can actually start to articulate back to the visually impaired golfer on where the ball's gone, that's half the battle is them getting the feedback of learning the game, obviously, without the benefit of seeing where the ball's gone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, I suppose then with the guide, it would be it's a little bit easier because they haven't got to essentially guide them around as much as as previous they can just i'm, I'm just trying to think in terms because obviously i've got top tracer here at world of golf london yes in every bay and we've got vir- part of that is virtual golf yes so if we, if we had um say if we had an event here then the guide literally would be keeping the golfer in the same position and then just adjusting whatever club or length of swing they were trying to trying to hit exactly that and it's it's interesting you mentioned top tracer because it's 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 one of those biggest advancements for me in terms of technology whether you're a visually impaired golfer or not it's how many of us as golfers go to the range hit 100 balls but mm. you couldn't actually tell me where ball number three went because nine times out of ten you've forgotten you can't see where it's landed on the outfield or the reality is the feedback that you're now getting from your practice with a top tracer or a launch monitor or, or from your golf coaching with different different softwares is it's and it's about utilizing that extra feedback not not only for visually impaired golfers but for, for all golfers really yeah no absolutely and then so when when you're out in the golf course as well because i want to try and dive into and, and try and give the listeners a little bit more of kind of what happens because i've been lucky enough i'm one of the all-inclusive you know qualified coaches i did it a few years ago and obviously past with the with the Berkshire Blind Society but you know the short game and and the putting Ben just kind of kind of give us a, an idea of of how it's guided through that how do they go about working that side of the game out so it's 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 really really fascinating it's, it's actually done by pacing it out by way of steps um so you, you, you so if, if you if you were my visually impaired player and I I was your guide I you would hold my 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 arm um, normally I'd be on your left as, as a guide and we'd, yeah. we'd walk to the hole with with quite large steps, or the steps that we would we would agree we'd have to to pace out the length. I would then, um, as your guide, line you up physically with my hands. I'd put the I'd put the, the club head where it needs to be with the ball. I'd help align you with your feet. I'd mm-hmm. articulate to you 
a little bit, a bit like an aim point session from the point of view. I've... I was going to ask. I was going to ask you whether or not you had done an aim point session. So... And actually, I'll, I'm going to go back to Jamie Donaldson after after this goes out and ask Jamie if he's ever done an aim point session with visually impaired golfers. Uh, well, funnily enough, I, I haven't done the aim point course, but I work quite closely with a couple of pros that have done it. I know um, James Skelton in Kent is is, yeah. is very good with the aim point. Now, I, I've been talking to him a huge amount about it because it's one of those things whereby it's, it fundamentally ticks all the boxes in terms of the feedback that, that our players require. And it's, 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 it's for me, it's, it's the biggest challenge is ultimately you, you, you're reliant on feel. And actually it is, it, it's, it is aim point, aim point for me. I, I was, I wasn't dismissive of it prior to this, but I certainly wasn't as appreciative of, of its accuracy and it and the, the value it has in the feedback when you're putting. Yeah. Um, That's fantastic. And what is, is there any rules changes with regards to playing the game? So I'm just, I'm just thinking if, if we're on the putting green and we've got a, I don't know, a 10 step putt that's going to break from two or three steps from left to right, let's say. Yeah. Are they? Uh, is the golfer in breach of a rule, kind of stepping on their line? No, but not really. From the point of view of, um, you 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 try and walk to the side anyway. A to not tread on your own line. Um, yeah. Obviously, the biggest challenge comes from having having watched obviously maybe a through ball. Is you've now got six people walking up and down the putting green. Um, uh-huh. So invariably, you're going to tread on someone's line at some point. Um, but it's no. It, the only rule change is actually you you are permitted to ground your club in a bunker. Under the R and as a visually impaired golfer, um, you are permitted to do that under the R and A rules because um, you need to know where the you need to know where the level is. I, I, the honest answer, I assume that's why it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think hovering hovering the clubs hard enough anyway in the bunk and not knowing where, yeah. not knowing how much you've hovered it, I think would just be a probably a, a step yeah. too far in terms of difficulty. Excellent. Okay, and then any other. Um... Any other roles or anything else that you're also taking on? What else are you doing? So I'm, I, I'm still involved with the Kent PGA and the uh, and the the, the Southern PGA. Um, so I still yeah. still get involved with all that. So rest assured, I'm I'm looking after your your best interests, Dunk. You you'll be all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my one, you mean for my one out in a year? Well, I, I, I was going to touch on that, but I thought you're asking the questions. Um, but yeah, so it, it, that's that's really exciting. Obviously, the the PGA now with with Rob Maxfield at the helm is is going through lots of changes, and it's really exciting just being part of that journey as well. Actually, yes, no, I think they, they, they definitely have seen a change in the last six to nine months. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying seeing what uh, what's happening, which is it's exciting times. I think over the next couple of couple or three years, definitely, and you know. We we'll see what happens from there. Definitely. Absolutely, I think everyone that everyone that talks to their fellow golf pros, whether it's you and I conversing now, or whether it's 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 other pros out and about, is I think there's an energy and 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 an excitement about what the association is doing again, which which is which is great. Yeah, and especially if other golf professionals are listening to this podcast, it's a case of you know getting in contact with your regional business um, officer. Um, you know, let them come round to your facility. Let you know, have a chat with them, get a coffee, and express any concerns that you have about any areas of your business, and 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 let them help, let them guide you through. Uh, I think it's a much more open, inclusive association than I can remember. And I'm 
I've only been a member, what, 20... I think I've been qualified now for 20 years, but I've been in, involved in the PGA for 25 years. So, um, yeah, it's, it, obviously we've seen a lot of changes and uh, long, may they, uh, long may we be questioning them and uh, looking at them with a sceptical eye and seeing if we can improve it. With regards to the PGA, if there's coaches out there listening to this podcast or if there's people interested in getting involved, maybe they've got a friend who's visually impaired or they're visually impaired themselves and they want to give golf a, a go. What's the what's the best way we can you, as it were? The, the best thing would be to go to our, our website, www.blindgolf.co.uk or go to our social media um, platforms, uh, which is at EW Blind Golf. Um, and there'll be, there'll be someone in their area that is either a PGA Golf Pro that can deliver some assistance to them. Um, there's obviously guides, there's events, and it's 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 one of those things whereby reach out and uh, we'll get them up and running. And what about the PGA pros? Have you, have you do you have enough coaches or enough professionals around the country that can help out? Or if... uh, more more the merrier. Ultimately, it's one of those things whereby all all the golf pros that I've spoken to that are actively delivering um, fundamentally. Um, have all commented that they've they've actually felt they've improved their delivery as a golf coach because the assumption is that we as golf pros, obviously if you film yourself coaching, we'll do a lot of a lot of demonstration, a lot of movement, a lot of um um arm waving in terms of getting our yeah. message across. And actually that ability just to take one of the communication processes away really yeah. does test your vocabulary in terms of how you then articulate to the client. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, I'll, I'll refer back to what I said um, with regards to the changes, a lot of the changes we're seeing with the PGA. So if anyone is interested, go to, you know, contact either the PGA headquarters or your regional business development officer or whatever they're called now. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> the BROs. If you contact them, I'm sure they'll be able to signpost you in the right direction into finding some all-inclusive coaching seminars um, that are delivered around the country as well. And then you can get back in contact with yourselves and maybe turn up at an event or put on a coaching day or going from there. That'd be fantastic. Excellent. Ben, back to you. Um, Who would be in your ideal fantasy four ball? You're uh, You're allowed to include people that are uh, kind of dead or alive, they don't even really have to be golfers. Okay, that's a really, really interesting one. I mean, for me, uh, big Arsenal fan, so I think uh, definitely Mr. Wenger would have to be in there just to quiz him the whole way around about the about the club. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's an absolute must. Um, I don't think anyone could could have a fancy four ball without uh, having Tiger Woods in it. Um, right. I think I think that for me is. Anyone that's changed the game as he's changed it, you'd want to you'd want to pick yourself up against the best, and I think that's that's that. In terms of the third one, of course, uh, it's a bit of a tricky one. Obviously, if you're playing a pairs game, you'd want to make sure you've got Tiger as your partner. Um, but yeah. obviously, beyond that, I think playing against the best, you have to put Rory in there. In terms of uh, certainly from a from a UK and a European point of view, I think he's really moved the goalposts. Um, so yeah, I think in terms of obviously you know my ball striking as well as anyone, I'd have to make sure that I was playing with some really good players. So I think Woodson, Rory Mackle is probably as good a good a benchmark for me to put it up against as anyone. 
So it's going to be you and you and Tiger against Rory I think and Arsenal. Probably fair. I think that's. I'm not sure who's got the bigger hand. I'm not. I'm not. Not don't know much about Arsenal's golf, but I'd fancy my chances in, in in in, in backing up Mr. Woods. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Where would you play? So, what were your favourite golf course? Oh, okay, Kings Barnes. I think it's it's breathtakingly beautiful. Great condition. Um, I think that for me is as as good as it gets. Bit of links, but with the with that quality new build feel as well. Awesome. And then Ben, your your own. Um your own question of the day so you know we've covered a lot with regards to you know i know you've done a lot of teaching with technology you've been a uh, head professional you've been a director of golf that type of thing um obviously you're doing a few different things now um but would you have a question for the day as guest of the day either for coaches or for you know players out there that would uh that's going to get them thinking a bit and hopefully get some feedback. Well, for me, I think on the topic of the of the blind golf, really, it would be a case of actually just a bit of a question stroke challenge is actually can you go and hit a golf ball blindfolded and obviously off the back of that, from a golf coaching point of view, how how would you how would you work with it? And from a playing point of view, what do you have to what what changes when you go when you take that that sensory aspect away? Yeah, I mean it's 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 massive if you. To put your trust in someone else, you know, I'd almost like to take it a stage further that you get, you put the blindfold on, you get guided three or four yards onto a mat or wherever it is. The club gets behind the ball, placed behind the ball, and then you try and hit it. It's, it, it really does heighten the, the other senses. And it's, it, it's it's something that we should all experience. So, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really, really good one. Well, I love that. it's really one of those that. things whereby if you hear a few clunks at the driving range when you're there next, it's probably lots of guys trying it and missing and hitting the side of the bays probably. But, um, yeah, I, I, won't, I won't cover the cost of that. But certainly uh, look, look forward to the feedback. <laughs> Excellent. Ben, where can people find you on social media? Have you got uh, your own website or are you on Instagram, Twitter? What's... Uh, what are all your website handles, as it were, your Twitter? Be handles? Blackburn Golf, and that's across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then the website is um, benblackburngolf.com. Perfect, Ben. Thanks ever so much for coming on, mate. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm going to apologise for not being in contact with you a bit more over the last few years. Uh, we always have a lot of laughs when we do turn up and you know get together and. Uh, Hopefully we can do that. Well, again now, now, now you've got top tracer. I'll be up in a few weeks and we'll have a, we'll have a, we'll have a challenge on those, shall we? Excellent. We might even get a blindfold involved and um, we might video and put it out on social Sounds media. Sounds good, mate. You take care. Excellent. Thanks, Cheers, Ben. Bye. Take care.